Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. How many of you have goals in your life? I want to start this message off by asking you that question. Okay, show of hands. Okay, participation. How many of you have like dreams and goals, especially as we get older? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I am 45 years old. I know it doesn't look like it, okay? Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we're getting old. I got gray coming in, something in my beard. Someone came up to me the other day, hadn't seen me in a year, and he was like, oh, powdered donut. I was like, really? Uh, but I'm getting older and I have some goals and, and I can't tell you about all my goals because you'll make fun of me. Um, but one of my goals is that um, by the time I'm 50, that I'm in better shape than I, I've ever been in my life. Amen. That I actually, okay. And, and I, I love that, that, that you can actually get in better shape, which means we're gonna have to put some work in the gym and, and watch what I eat and all these different things. That's one of my goals. But one of my goals is I want to be able to dunk a basketball again. <laughs> like, I can't wait. I, and I, I want to so bad because, like, my youngest son, Landon, he's long and tall and all this, and he can dunk as, like, a freshman in high school. And I'm like, what? And so I want to be able to do this again, which means I'm going to have to stress and, and work, my, work my, my body out and all this. And so I'm doing what's called a 12-week vertical challenge. And I can't wait to, if you want to do that with me, you can, but I've got goals in my life and I have some, some challenges and, and, and some um, dreams in my life, but here's one of them. The longer I live, the more joy I want in my life. And, and I want to talk about joy today because I was listening to Meredith Murray's message last weekend. How good was that? Oh my word, that was so good. And, and she was talking about how, how gratitude leads to joy, which kind of inspired today's uh, message. I want to piggyback off that. Uh, and I can't think of a better time this first weekend of December to be talking about um, joy and kicking off this Christmas at Creekwood series. And this scripture has changed my life, what I'm about to read to you. Uh, over the past really few years, this is the scripture that God has said, this is what I want for you. And it's John 15, 11. It says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And that's what I want. That's what I want. I want a joy that's not just filling to me, but it is overflowing in my life. I want that kind of joy. I want a joy that, that the best days of my life wasn't the day I got married. I want, I want more joy in my marriage the older I get. Amen? Amen? I want more joy in raising my boys. The best day isn't the day they were born. But I actually want more joy. Some of you grandparents are like, oh, there will be more joy when they leave your house. <laughs> but that, and I know I, I, it's already kind of happening. There's a sadness. They don't tell you about the sadness that happens when Braden leaves and go off, goes off to DBU and he won't come back just to say hello every now and then. Uh, but... <laughs> But, there, but I want, I got these dreams and the longer I'm saved, the more, right? It, the best day of your life, I, that salvation is huge. But what would it look like if you were more joyful as you understood the joy of your salvation? How, how cool would it be that you understood the longer you live, the jo more joy God wants in your life? And I'm passionate about joy because if I'm honest with you, the last 10 years of my life hasn't always been joyful. 
If I'm honest with you, I've struggled a little bit with this word joy over the last 10 years of my life. And I wish I could say as a pastor, I'll wake up smelling roses and I never have a bad day and I'm never in a bad mood, but I cannot tell you that. And I wish I could tell you as a parent and as a husband, every moment has been full of joy, but I cannot tell you that. And I wish I could tell you that I've never taken medication for anxiety, but I cannot tell you that. And I wish I could tell you that if you'll just become a Christian, you will not have any problems again in your life. But I cannot tell you that. And you know that to be true. So I'm gonna preach a message on joy today. But this is really God speaking to me. And if you wanna listen, if you wanna take notes, you can. But this is my little therapy session that God gave me about joy and what it looks like to have joy in your life. And the truth is, is that I have seen in this world that we live in less and less joy, not more and more. I've seen more stress, more anxiety, more depression than I've ever seen. I've been studying a little bit about depression and over the, listen, depression is now the world's number one health problem. Bigger than cancer and, and heart issues. That in the last decade, there's been an increase of over 300% in antidepressant use. That of all the cases of severe depression, only half of them go diagnosed. Most of them go undiagnosed, which tells you that this is, this is its own pandemic. This is its own issue, is people are more and more depressed. And I'm not telling you this message is about depression. I'm telling you this message is about joy. And I want joy, and I want it to overflow in my life. And God has shared with me a few things about joy that I want to share with you. And the first is, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. <laughs> the joy, if you want overflowing joy in your life, joy is Jesus-generated. It's Jesus-generated. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, y'all remember that, how many of you grew up in church? Okay, a lot of us. Y'all remember the, the song? The joy of the Lord, you can sing with me, is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Y'all remember that? Okay, I remember that song. And God really showed me something about that song. He said, it's not the joy of Brad. You don't create the joy. It's the joy of the Lord that gives you strength. And what happens with depression is you feel like you've lost all your strength. And it's not the joy of Brad. You cannot come up with this. And, and, and I'm not an English major, but that's a prepositional phrase. Am I right? The joy of the Lord. It's, it's possessive to the Lord's. It is not yours. It's the joy of the Lord. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit, here's another Here's another prepositional phrase, the fruit of the spirit. Again, it's not yours. It's the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is not a fruit of Brad. It is a joy. It is a fruit of the spirit. It's God's. God is the one who produces joy in our lives. The problem is we don't know how to get joy. So we try to manufacture joy. 
And Meredith talked a little bit about this last weekend. But we try to manufacture joy, and we do that through money. We do that through relationships. We do that by trying to buy nicer and nicer things, and we try to find it in some way. And we try to get it through this thing called happiness. And we try, we try it through our careers. Some of you got more degrees than a thermostat. You, seriously, you got, you got more, like you got it, you got it. You're, you're a CPA, you got a PhD, you got an MBA, and you're in the NBA. That'd be so cool. I just want to dunk again. I just want to dunk again. That's, I don't even need to be in the NBA, but I just want to dunk again. And, and, and some of you got that, but you cannot find more joy through it. Because you cannot manufacture joy. This is what God has shown me, Brad. Keep trying. I'm just telling you. He will not give you the joy that you're looking for. I mean, even the day you can dunk will be happy. It will not be joyful because I am the only one that can produce it. And he's trying to tell us that it's Jesus generated. And then John 15, 11, again, the scripture I love, it says, I've told you these things. Well, what things have you told us? I've told you these things so that you might have my joy. Well, what things have you told us? Go back just a few scriptures. It's John 15, 5. This is one of my favorite scriptures. This is one of my favorite parables that God gives us in the Bible. And this is Jesus talking. It says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, I am the vine. And, and when you remain in me, someone say out loud, remain. remain. It's a word you need to underline it. You need to circle remain. You can tattoo it if you want. Like I'm saying, this is the word for you. Learn, learn how to remain this Christmas season. Learn how to remain. If you go back, go read John 15, 1 through verse 11. I counted. I'm a nerd. I did that. He count. He says the word remain 11 times. Now, I happen to love the number 11 because my last name is Levins. <laughs> and for the love of God, I've wanted so badly for our, our, you know, our jersey numbers, you know, in basketball or in baseball or in football or whatever. I chose a ridiculous number back in high school. I chose number 24. I don't know if it was because it was one above Jordan. I don't know. I don't know why I chose 24, but I chose the number 24 for some reason. And, and it became like a family number. And so all my boys have taken the number 24. And then it hit me, no lie, like a few months ago. And I'm like, how cool would it have been if we had said 11's on the back of our jersey, number 11? How cool would that be? And I don't know. Even my dad didn't say anything. I'm like, this is the number. It's number 11. I love this number. And now Landon, who plays basketball, and his coach doesn't call him Landon. He calls him Levins. And he yells, Levins. And that's what my coach used to do to me. And I'm reliving myself through him, right? Uh, and, and, and you're not supposed to do that. But I'm literally like, I'm like, he's like, Levins. And, and as he's yelling at him, I'm like, get him, get him, because if you don't, I'm going to. And he's like, Levins. And I'm telling you, this is what I felt like when I was reading this scripture, when I counted 11, I went, oh, it's like Jesus is going, Levins, I told you 11 times. 
to remain in me. And here's what I'm finding out. You need to learn how to remain in Jesus because he will remain in you. He says, I'm standing at the door knocking. You're the one that has to open it up. And so you got to learn the power of remaining. I know the wind's going to blow. I know the storm's going to hit. And I know you've been a Christian, but it's easy to kind of get away from, but this is not what it feels like it's supposed to feel like. And he said, just remain, don't just remain, just remain. I'm telling you, just remain. Trust me, trust me. I created this thing called joy. If you'll remain, if you'll remain, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel, I'm just telling you, you gotta remain. You gotta learn how to remain. And you wanna disconnect, you wanna disconnect, but if you remain, there will be much fruit. And this is what I'm learning in my life is I have to remain. And that's why I don't understand people who try Christianity for a month, they're like, it just didn't work. Like, I try not to sleep with her. I try not to cuss. Well, how long have you been trying that? Oh, all 25 days of Christmas, man. I've been trying. <laughs> I even went to Candyland. <laughs> I tried the Ghirardelli. I'm telling you, it didn't work. And I'm telling you, you have to learn how to remain. Go pull up an apple tree out of your yard. Every, not that you have an apple tree in your yard, but, but you, I don't know what you have. Go pull it up every year and then put it back in the ground and tell me how much fruit you get. You will not bear much fruit unless you learn how to remain. And I got a text from a kid not too long ago, doesn't live in Texas, and he said, I'm struggling with anger, I'm struggling with patience. Man, how, I need to get better. And I said, hey, 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 I, I know you're not in the area, but where, where, what's your faith community like? Do you have a church community you go to? No, man, I haven't. No, I don't have that. What's your, what's your time with God like? Are you spending time with God? Are you, are you praying? Are you spending time in the Word? Man, I have I ain't nowhere to begin. We want the quick fix to anger management, but we haven't learned how to remain. You gotta learn how to remain. And this is what he said, is Jesus generated. Joy is Jesus generated. Quit, quit trying to manufacture it any other way. You have to learn how to remain. The second thing God showed me is that joy is not a feeling, joy is a focus. Joy is not a feeling, joy is a focus. Now how many of you know your feelings change all the time? I'm thankful for happiness, but happiness is a feeling that's completely dependent upon circumstances. And uh, Whataburger gets your meal messed up. We lose our minds. I didn't say regular ketchup. We will turn the car around to get the spicy ketchup. We lose our minds. I'm telling you. I, I went to Starbucks last night on my way home from Waco and they were not open. I had to go through the drive-thru and I'm like, what? And the Lord's like, see, you can't stay happy if you try. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it doesn't take much. And Texas A&M beats Alabama this year and I'm the happiest little giddiest little boy you've ever seen. I'm a good pastor, man. I'm like encouraging everybody. I start singing. You know, like joy to the world. Merry, wish we wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, I'm so happy. AM loses to LSU, which we have no business losing to LSU. And I start losing my mind. 
And Landon starts running for me because he knows I'm about to give him a lesson on you do not take the field unless you are prepared to win the game. And I say, you don't touch the court unless you know you better respect this game. We don't lose the LSU. We don't lose the whole state of Mississippi. We don't lose, right? To Arkansas. Those are the four teams we lost. <laughs> oh my word. By the way, who won last night? Alabama beat Georgia. We beat Alabama. Guess who must be the best? It's indirect, I know, but it's still there. And so I'm just saying we lose our joy. We lose our joy. Happiness is like a roller coaster. Happiness is like Texas A&M football. It goes up and down all the time. But joy is like an anchor. It's unmovable. And that's what I need in my life. I need a joy that's unmovable. And what I've learned in my life is you cannot choose joy. I know you bought that sign on Pinterest or you made it. Some of you are like, oh, I made that last year and that's on my front door. Choose joy. And I'm like, oh man, I'm just saying I've learned in my life. Um, you can't choose joy, but you can choose what you focus on. And I believe that there are three, what I call joy killers in your life. And the first is if you, if you spend your time always looking back, I'm telling you, it will kill joy every time in your life. If you look at all the pain that's been caused in your life and all the shame and all the guilt, and there are things that you have done. And I know because there are things that I have done that I am not happy about, but it doesn't have to kill your joy. But when you focus on the past over and over and over again, the enemy will play a recording, a broken record in your life. That's what the enemy does. That's not what God does. You need to silence that. You need to take capture that thought. And what happens is you focus on the back all the time and it will kill your joy. The, the second joy killer is you focus too much side to side. And one by, what I mean by that is you look around a little bit too much comparing yourself to other people. And I'm going to tell you right now, I personally believe for this next generation, one of the biggest reasons we have depression in young people, because we didn't have a ton of depression years ago in young people. We have it a lot right now. And I believe social media has made a big deal about this because what's happening is we look around and all we see is everyone else's positives and we don't see their crap. Can I say that? Okay, it's too late. And we don't see it. And all we see is, the, and what, so what happens is we start comparing and we start getting envious. The problem with the word envy is listen to this scripture. Proverbs 14, 30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I'm going to tell you, we have, a, we have a, a generation, if they're not careful, that has rotting bones because we're so envious of people around us. And it's destroying our next generation. And I think looking too far ahead, when we focus on what's too far ahead, this is one of my biggest killers in my life is my wife tells me all the time. She's like, Brad, you're looking too far ahead. Like you're projecting. And I project because I'm a planner and I can plan. If I go, if A happens, then B happens, then C and D and E must happen. But I've found out that's not necessarily the way God works. Maybe, maybe you found that out too. And what happens is I project too far and it kills my, my joy. But what I found out is the scripture says that he gives us a lamp to our feet, not a spotlight to our future. And so we're, we're off focusing in darkness where he's not given us a light to deal with. 
And so I've learned that, that these are three joy killers of my life, but I want to help you today. Here's what God showed me in his little therapy session with me. He said, you need to know if you want joy in your life, you need to know that I am present. I am here. I am in your now. I am not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. I am here. I'm in your present. And I've learned this because when, when Moses was talking to God in the burning bush, where God begins to talk to Moses and Moses is freaking out and says, what do I call you? And he just gives him the name, I am. You, you call me the I am. He's not the I was. He is I am, like I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm now. And I think so many of us are we're focused on back and here and here and we're never focused on where God intended for us to focus and that's here, that's in the now. Psalm 16:11 says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's a fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence, in your presence, in your presence. I've learned to be present in his presence. And I can't be present in his presence if my mind is focused on this and my mind is looking too much at this and my, my mind is way over here. He said, focus on being present in my presence. I'm finding joy comes to my life when I'm focused on what God is doing in this moment. You need to know God is here right now, like right now. And it's not just because you're in church, but he's here in, your, in the moment you're in right now. My buddy, Jose Vasquez, works for the Rangers, goes to Creekwood. He said this to me a couple, I don't know, a month ago or so. We were talking, and he said something to me. He said, Brad, I've learned to thank God for the interruptions in my life. And I mean, it's life-changing to me. It's life-changing to me when he said this, because he literally, you guys have to understand that I'm planning, I'm a planner, I'm thinking through things already, and when something interrupts my life, and my day, I'm immediately frustrated. I said the spicy ketchup. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you. And he said, if you understand that God must be in their interruptions too. That's what changed me. And so now when my life gets interrupted, instead of being focused here and here and here and getting frustrated because, well, A, B led to C, not D, and I get frustrated, what I've learned is that God, no, God must be in the interruptions. He must be in the interruptions of my life. And so now I'm focused to stay all in right here, right now, because God's in this moment. Webster defined joy as this. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And I didn't put that on the screen because I don't want you to take some stupid picture of that. <laughs> I got a problem with that definition. I mean, it, it, it said that joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And I just, I don't believe that's the case. I struggle with that definition because all I got to do is look at the Bible and the people in the Bible. And I can give you a few examples. Paul and Silas, they were off chained and in jail, yet somehow through joy, not happiness, they were able to sing worship songs. Where does that come from? That's not happiness. That's joy. And, and I look at Job in the Bible, a man who lost everything. He lost his kids. 
He, he, he lost all his money. He lost his land. Probably wishes he lost his wife. You got to read the story to know what I'm talking about. But he lost everything. When they told him to curse God, this is what he said. Not, I believe, because he also said he had boils on his body. I believe he was, he was in pain. I believe he was, I believe he was hurting. And in joy, he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who does that? How do you get there? All I'm saying is there's something deeper. It has to be deeper than just a feeling of great pleasure and happiness, right? Like joy's gotta be deeper. There's gotta be deeper. And you look at Jesus and this scripture is gonna mess you up because it messed me up. Hebrews 12.2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I have to know. And you got to know, what's the joy that's set before God? What was the joy that was set before Jesus that he would endure the cross? Let me remind you there were nails in his hands. Let me remind you there were nails in his feet. Let me remind you he had, he had, a, had a crown of thorns. Let me remind you he had been beaten with a, with a, with a, with a whip 39 times. And I'm telling you, this was not out of a feeling of pleasure. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross for the joy, for the joy. What is the joy? You, you, you are the joy. You're why he did what he did. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot take communion the same way when you know what he did for you. That he at the cross was full of joy. And I need you to know why he did that because he's crazy about you. And I'm going to take a side for a moment because this helped me in my own joy. You need to know that, joy, that God is crazy about you, that he actually has a book. And I'm not talking about the Bible, but this is a love story. And we've talked about that in the truth series, but I'm talking about he's got a book. And there's a couple books written and mentioned in the Bible. There's the, there's the book of life. That's a roll call of those who are going to be with God in heaven those who have accepted Christ, and if you haven't accepted Christ today, I'm telling you, you need to do that. And there's a, there's a book of life, and there's another book that the Bible talks about that's in heaven, and it's more of a book of remembrance that, that God keeps track of you. And this is Malachi, when, when the Israelites, when the people were struggling and they, they were frustrated with God, he encouraged them with this in the Old Testament. This is Malachi 3:16. Out of the ESV, it says, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. He wrote a book about you. You heard of the book? I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm not talking about the book of life. There was a book that God has in heaven right now, and it's got your name on it. And he's got a book of remembrance. Go to the message version. Then those who fear, those whose lives honor God got together and talked it over. God saw what they were doing and he listened in. God saw what you're doing and he listens in. How cool is that? 
It's not just some far off God. He's right now, he's here, he's, he's now. So he listened in and a book was opening God's presence and minutes were taking in the meeting. He's taking minutes on you. Have you ever thought about it like that? Malachi wants to tell you about a book and it's not the Bible and it's not the bro call of life. It's just a book about you. And it's so powerful. And then Psalms 139 talks about it again. He says, your eyes saw my unforced substance and your book was written. There's the book. In your book was written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. He's got a book about you in heaven. Psalm 56, eight says, you keep track of all my sorrows. Who is this God? You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. He's got a book about you. Like who is this God that actually keeps track of your sorrows? He's got a book about you. I believe one day that in heaven, God's gonna go, Brad, Brad, hey, come here, I wanna talk to you. I wanna show you this book. It's kind of like a little scrapbook I have. It's, it's not much, but it's really cool. I wanna show you a little bit about your life. Remember that time you spoke on joy when you kind of weren't feeling a lot of joy? You remember that time? And it was so cool, Brad. I loved it, I loved it, I loved that. And I really believe that he's, he is a God of all technology. You understand that, right? Like Tesla has nothing on God. And I believe that book is going to be full of highlight reels and videos and all these really cool things. And I think he's going to be like, what, man, that's awesome. That's so cool. What's that video, God? And he's going to be like, oh, that's when you dunked when you were 50. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for the book. I want to read about the book because I just, I got to hear, you got to hear me say that because he cares, he cares. And when you're hurting, he's hurting. And I just need you to know that. And I want to give you an example of what joy really looks like in your life because what happens is, is that this is really your life when it starts. Your, your life is, this is your joy. This cup represents, it's clear water. It's full of joy. But what happens over time is that certain things start to happen that you didn't expect. COVID-19 hits and all of a sudden there's, it just gets a little more blue. Your life starts to get a little bit more blue. And then maybe you lost your job and it gets a little bit more blue. And then you just get older and it gets a little bit more blue. <laughs> Some unexpecteds happen. You get a health diagnosis you didn't expect and it gets a little bit more blue. And then you start focusing, trying to focus on getting more joy yourself and you try to manufacture it. And what you'll find is you can't do it. And so you get more blue because that nice car did not satisfy like you thought. The shoes that you had to have, you are now mowing the lawn in six months later. <laughs> and so we just get a little bit more blue. And this is what happens to our life. What starts is clear joy. It, it gets blue. And I really believe that God doesn't want the blue in your life. God doesn't want blue in our life. He said, I came to give you my joy. You cannot manufacture it, but we tried to. But here is the good news, that God is like a big pitcher of water. And by the way, his well never runs dry. And what God wants to do in your life is he wants you to start changing your focus, change the concentration from what's blue in your life to what's God in your life and quit thinking about, quit thinking about 
all the blue that's going on in your life and begin to think about how big God is in your life. And what you will find is if you will change the concentration, if you will get this everywhere, (laughs) what will happen is you will turn around and in your life, God will take the blue out of your life and he will fill you with clear, pure joy and it will be complete again. I really believe this is the picture that God wants for your life. And this is the third thing that God has shown me is that overflowing joy, it's what I want, it's what I want. It's never just about benefiting you, it's always intended to benefit other people. And I really believe that with all my heart, that, that overflowing joy isn't about just saving your soul, it's about benefiting other people that, so that other people might know about this Jesus who keeps a scrapbook about him. That other people may know about this Jesus that catches their tears. That other people may know about this Jesus and God is my witness. Just a few weeks ago, I was doing, performing a wedding for a couple you may know, Tanner and Shelby Leggett. And as I'm at the wedding performing, they told me, we want you to do a salvation call. And I'm literally like, that's not normal for a wedding. Normally it's about you, okay? And they're like, no, we want the salvation call. And I said, okay. And at the end of the wedding, I'm doing this salvation call and God is my witness. Here, here's Tanner on the left side. Here's Shelby on the right side and they're holding hands. And I promise you, I'm like, there is a God who loves you. And Jesus his name is Jesus and all this. I don't know, I'm giving them salvation call and I promise you, they start going like this, like little kids, like giddy in their own wedding. Oh my gosh, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. Oh my gosh. Like, he, this is it. This is it. This is so cool. We've been waiting all our lives for this. And I'm like, for this? I thought you've been waiting all your life to have sex. Like, like I don't understand. They're more giddy about you receiving Christ at their wedding. And I'm telling you, as I'm listening in to what they're doing, and I'm staring at the people, God reminded me of the scripture, Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Hey, restore the joy. He wants to restore the joy. And I thought, he, they, they aren't just excited about their salvation. They're excited about their salvation. And that's what I believe God wants for joy in our life. He wants it to overflow. So it matter when you... You texted that person. And even though you didn't feel good, and even though you didn't feel right, and even though you were full of pain, it mattered because it might have just saved their life. And it mattered that you bought the angel tree gift. It mattered when I looked out there and I saw all these people coming back with gifts because you might make a kid happy, but really what you did is you helped a parent. You helped a parent that said, God, thank you, you see me. You know, I couldn't even get gifts, God. God, you see me. And we still think it's all about us. I just want to teach my kids about giving. I just want to teach them about generosity. But it's really all about them. And that's why this invitation matters. Because, yes, you're going to get a cool picture with Santa. Yes, there's whipped cream on top of the Ghirardelli. It's amazing. Yes. I'm telling you, it's so good, but the truth is, is what they hear and what they walk away with and they go, ah, there's something I'm missing in my heart. 
and it won't just change a person, but it'll change possibly a generation. And you go, that's what this is about. So Creekwood, you got to fill this place up over the, in those nine services. You have to, not Pastor Stephen. That's not his response. That's you, that's us. Let's fill this place up with people because it's all about blessing other people. And as this Christmas season starts, I felt like I needed to end this message with this scripture. Luke 2.10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good noise, good news that will cause great joy for all the people. It was always about all the people. It's always about people. God's joy. It's God's joy. It's God's joy. Brad, it's not your joy. You can't manufacture it. You got to know. It's Jesus generated. It's not a feeling. It's a focus. Change your focus. Change your focus. Change your concentration. And when he does, he'll fill you up. And I promise you, he'll bless other people. I'm going to pray for you. But God gave me the scripture. Psalm 35, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And maybe right now you do not feel joyful. God wants to give you joy in the morning. Now, I'm not always talking about tomorrow morning. In my experiences, it has not been 24 hours that I get joy. But I believe it's in the morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. God wants to give you joy in your morning. And then this is what I'm praying for. you don't just get the spiritual joy but God lets you feel joy again feel it he wants to restore your joy so if that's you in this place every head bowed right now if you have lost your joy for whatever reason I want you to raise your hand I want to pray for you raise your hand I want to see it Let me pray for you. Lord, I lift up every person in this place that has lost joy, that maybe has a feeling of depression over their life. God, I pray that you would restore it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I lift up those that are struggling right now, God. Maybe that don't know you. The Bible says that if you'll believe that Jesus died on the cross, raised from the grave three days later, You believe that with your heart. You confess that with your mouth that you can be saved. Lord, I lift up those right now who are praying that prayer of faith. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.